Supreme Court case could topple our income tax system. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. On today's Adam Talks, a key Supreme Court case that is currently under review by the Supreme Court could change our entire income tax system. Yeah, it's true. So this is a uh, really interesting case. It's called Moore v. United States. And it could change the way the government taxes us. Why? Because the core of the case revolves around the concept of being taxed on unrealized gains or profit from an investment you did not receive. Um, this case centers around something called the mandatory repatriation tax from the 2017 um, tax bill, which basically um, required uh, anyone who invested in a foreign company to pay tax on certain income, even if they didn't receive the actual cash from it, uh, which is known as like phantom income, which occurs in many different facets of our income tax system, from domestic to international, and even to a potential uh, wealth tax or billionaire tax, as uh, Senator Wyden and President Biden has uh, have in the past um, set forth. So this is a very, very interesting case. I'm going to go through the facts, talk about some of the impacts, and uh, give you my thoughts on kind of where I think it's going to land. But this is very, very, very impactful to all of us. So I think it's very important to understand the facts of the case and, and kind of its potential reach. So um, without further ado, let, let's get started. Moore v. U.S. was brought by uh, this couple, and I'm just going to read the facts, uh, Charles and Kathleen Moore. They made a $40,000 investment into an Indian company, so a company in the country of India. Um, it was a machine tool company, and the company used that money, uh, obviously, to invest in the business. The Moors were taxed $14,729 on the investment under the provision of a tax bill known as the Mandatory Repatriation Tax, or the MRT, which imposed a one-time tax on U.S. individuals and companies who have a significant stake in the foreign corporations controlled by Americans, also known as controlled foreign corporations. So there's a one-time tax, and I'll explain uh, how the tax came uh, about in, in a few minutes. Um, the couple uh, lost... Um, on appeals, and they um, went to the Supreme Court, and uh, they sued the government, arguing they shouldn't have been taxed on their unrealized gains because they didn't realize the income. <clears throat> and they believe it runs counter to um, the ability for the United States to tax under the Sixteenth Amendment. Okay, um, and that's kind of the facts of the case. It's really about fourteen thousand bucks. That's it. But the impact is is trillions of dollars um, potentially. So in 2017, Congress made uh, many significant changes to the taxation of foreign earnings. These changes included an end to the unlimited deferral of foreign earnings from U.S. Uh, taxable income and the introduction of a new anti-avoidance rule. Okay, And um, this MRT um, end up, if, if the Supreme Court rules for the Moors, as I mentioned, this could end up causing billions, if not trillions of dollars. <laughs> Uh, of an impact to the government on their ability to collect taxes from unrealized gains or unrealized income. Um, so um, the Moors, they lost in both federal uh, district and appeals court. 
but they still appealed to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court took it based off uh, the 16th Amendment, which gives Congress the ability to tax. The appeals court did note the potential economic ramifications in the ruling uh, for the government if they lost. And um, they basically, uh, the Moors called into question the constitutionality and many other tax provisions that have long been in the books. Um, this also could impact, as I mentioned, Elizabeth Warren's, uh, Senator Wyden's uh, potential wealth tax, <coughs> excuse me, on um, wealth about $50 million and also potential uh, billionaire tax proposed by President Biden on wholesales worth more than hundred million. How does a wealth tax and a billionaire tax work is that it imposes on your net worth. It doesn't actually impose it on an economic event, right? Like you sold a stock for a gain, you sold a piece of property for a gain, you earned income for performance of services or selling a widget. In these cases, just like the MRT, it was imposed on you <laughs> without any event, without any um, sale or um, offering of service. It was just a imposition of tax, which the Moors feel it violates the 16th Amendment. We'll see where the Supreme Court goes, but they had oral arguments on um, December 5th, I believe. And obviously, the Supreme Court justices uh, understand the stakes. They know that if they do rule for the Moors, um, there could be billions, if not trillions of dollars of lost tax revenue. And the whole income system that we know it today could be thrown uh, really into the fire. So I, I assume they're going to tread lightly. I assume they're going to be very cautious in this case. So that's why I'm not very confident the Moors could win. Um, but let's talk about the actual um, law. Okay, so the um, rulings in this case um, are based off, again, a 2017 um, tax uh, provision that basically you know, stopped foreign companies from deferring income unlimitedly. <clears throat> okay, and they basically imposed a one-time charge of 15% on, on any income that wasn't kind of repatriated back. So prior to 2017, Profits returning from a foreign jurisdiction to a U.S. shareholder would face a 35% corporate tax, less than any foreign tax credits. And the system had many downsides, including the fact that U.S. companies were able to keep earnings offshore, right? If you didn't repatriate them back and you kept them offshore in a low-income tax jurisdiction like Ireland, for example, and other countries, you were able to, able to defer taxes. And uh, this was done um, pretty consistently by many uh, large companies. Um, why the U.S. has the highest corporate tax rate <clears throat> in the OECD at that point in 2017. So the 2017 reforms uh, were aimed at addressing this problem by lowering the corporate tax rate and allowing a dividend received deduction for repatriated foreign income. To pay for these reforms, they've essentially imposed a deemed repatriation under Section 965 of the tax code, which is a one-time inclusion of accumulated foreign earnings from the past 30 years, okay, which previously benefited from deferral. And the structure of the deduction led to different tax rates on foreign earnings, essentially 15.5% foreign earnings held in cash and 8% uh, other earnings held in liquid assets. So that's what this Moore case, the $14,000 of tax revenue that the Moors are fighting about were based off this one-time tax imposed 
under the MRT by Section 965 based off the 2017 uh, Tax Act. Um, the Moore's case is saying, hey, it's unconstitutional. The United States government does not have the ability to tax under the 16th Amendment for any income I didn't realize. Okay. However, it's a stretch because we know, for example, uh, phantom income, right? Let's say you are in a partnership, right? You and a couple of friends own a restaurant and you own 20% of the restaurant and the restaurant makes $100,000 profit. You owe tax on $20,000. Now you owe the tax of 20% of $20,000, whatever your tax rate is, even if the restaurant doesn't distribute the income, right? A lot of times startups, businesses, they may give you a tax distribution to pay the tax, but even if the company made $100,000, they're not required to distribute it to the shareholders. That's known as phantom income. The company could then use that profit and then reinvest it, hire more people, do renovations on the restaurant, so on and so forth. So this concept, whether it's in US domestic taxation or foreign taxation, the concept of paying tax on unrealized gains is pretty common. And that's why I don't believe the Moors uh, are going to win. But the impact is much larger than, than just this, because um, if you look at the numbers, according um, to the numbers I've seen, the uh, by invalidating the MRT, that can cause about $346 billion of lost tax revenue over the last 10 years. Um, and that's if it's a very narrow ruling. If they invalidate the whole concept of not taxing unrealized gains, that could be nearly $5.7 trillion over the course of a decade in lost tax revenue. Okay, so that's pretty significant stuff, right? Um, so that's why I'm not very confident um, that the Supreme Court is going to rule for the wars. In, term, in addition, there's something called Pillar 2, which is something that, um, you know, Many countries around the world have pledged to comply with, which is basically a minimum corporate tax rate on large multinational companies operating uh, in various foreign jurisdictions around the world. And obviously, if the Supreme Court struck down the ability to tax unrealized gains, we wouldn't be able to comply with Pillar 2. Now, on top of that, the wealth tax proposals, which have been in the news over the last three or four years, whether it's Senator Warren or uh, Senator Wyden, or even President Biden with their wealth slash billionaire tax, that would also be thrown into the ocean um, if the Supreme Court ruled for the Moors on the concept of uh, unconstitutionality of taxing unrealized gains. Um, so what happened in oral arguments? Um, from what I've read, um, it seems that a lot of the Supreme Court justices had similar questions um, that you and I would, would basically have saying, hey, this would be pretty impactful for the country. Um, and we're worried that this small case of $14,000, our, our decision on a very, very small amount of money could, could really impact uh, the government and the country's ability to generate uh, tax revenue. Um, the ruling is not going to be expected really until probably June, um, May, June. So definitely four to five months. Um, but they're definitely looking at the broader impact. That's from we're getting based off whether it's on um, the more of the liberal or the conservative judges, whether it's um, Kagan or Thomas, they both kind of had similar concepts saying, um, why do you think we can do this? It's in the tax code. It's been entrenched in the tax code for many, many years that we can tax unrealized gains 
why do you think we should not allow it now? So I think the Moors are really going to swimming up uh, a really strong current. I don't think they're going to be successful, but it's a very interesting case, right? Because, hey, nothing is guaranteed in litigation. It's up to a number of Supreme Court justices. We've seen Roe v. Wade overturned. We've seen uh, cases go sideways based off what people expected. So there's always risk in, in litigation. And the Supreme Court have accepted this case. They have heard oral arguments. It's a very interesting case. Um, I'm going to hold my judgment and, and kind of leave it, leave it um, really to be, to, to be held um, personal. And I'll share it when I hear the, the uh, ruling. Um, because I do understand the Moore's position. Uh, it does seem unfair that you're taxed on not receiving any income or gains, but it is part of our system. It's been in the U.S. tax code for many, many years. Again, whether it's uh, domestic tax provisions or foreign tax provisions, um, and when you add it to the fact that we're not going to be able to comply you know, to Pillar 2 and uh, the fact that this was legislation put in um, by Congress in 2017 for the Supreme Court to overturn legislation, even if it's in the tax code, I don't think they're going to go there. Um, so I'm not very optimistic for the Moors, but I think it's a very um, important case to at least discuss and understand its potential impact. And I am against the wealth tax, even though I don't have $50 million or I'm definitely not a billionaire. I just think, uh, I don't think that's American to tax people's wealth. Um, they paid income tax on their money. They're going to pay estate tax when they die to just add a random tax on, on a random number. I don't think it's fair and I absolutely think it's unconstitutional, but do I think it's unconstitutional to tax um, this one-time uh, repatriation tax, this MRT, the mandatory repatriation tax or um, other provisions like phantom income or um, other income realized from uh, uh, securities uh, without a realized event. I think um, even if some Supreme Court justices are, are believe that it could be unconstitutional. I'm not sure they're going to go there because of its, its potentially you know, significant impact on, on the government and its ability to collect tax revenue. So that's it. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Um, it's an interesting topic, uh, to say the least, even if the case doesn't go anywhere and the Moors lose. I wanted to share it with you. Um, it's, it's definitely current. Um, it's interesting. I think we can all... Um, understand uh, in, in our own personal context how this could impact us. And um, it's always interesting to hear, you know, Supreme Court type cases, especially when they have to do with income tax, which really don't come up a lot. So hope everyone has a great day. Happy holidays. I hope everyone has a great holiday season. <clears throat> Happy New Year. Hope you get to spend a lot of time with your families and friends. And I'm still working on this cough and cold. So my apologies. Um, I'm working through it too much. Christmas parties, holiday parties, too much fun, I guess. But otherwise, um, happy, happy holidays. And thanks for hanging out. And I'll see everyone again uh, next week. Ciao and take care.